Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. In our ongoing series of Plastic Surgery 101s, I am here today to discuss with you liposuction with the most knowledgeable and skilled plastic surgeon for liposuction <laughs> that I know, Dr. Millicent Ravello. Well, hello. How you are, are the, you've liposucked more than I have in your, in your career. Yes. In, in terms of actual square footage and poundage, I, I can't get over the, I think the cases that might you do. be true. In fact, I think Dr. <laughs> Snibby says thank you because I have no <laughs> liposuction my right shoulder into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> I am not getting regular steroid injections. It is injections. a physically demanding specialty for us, but for our patients, there's a lot to know. There's a lot. And I think it's very appropriate that we are doing this uh, particular podcast two days after Thanksgiving, when <laughs> yes. everyone in the country is going, oh, could use some liposuction. <laughs> and, and we're here to help. And we're here to help. So yes, you could do a juice cleanse, or you could just come to us, and you could have some liposuction. <laughs> or both, which or is both. the best combo. All right, so what is liposuction? Liposuction at its core is exactly what it sounds like. You are using a suction device to remove fat, otherwise known as lipodystrophy or you know whatever. Lipos, it refers to fat. It's fat you don't like. Fat you don't like. And it is a very powerful, very useful technique to remove fat. I mean, it does an excellent job at what it's supposed to do. That's not the tricky part. The tricky part is what areas to liposuction, who's a candidate for liposuction, and what realistically can you achieve with the liposuction. Right. And a frequently asked question is, is liposuction a good method of weight loss? Not weight loss. So, so he, this is the perfect liposuction candidate. Let's start with that. Ideally, ideally, it would be someone who's an otherwise normalish weight, maybe a little for bit them. overweight, normal for them, little, maybe a little bit BMI up to 30, something like that, that is otherwise healthy, motivated to eat relatively healthy and work out, but still has these areas of fat, stubborn fat is what they're called, that they just can't lose no matter how well they eat or how much they exercise. That is the perfect candidate for liposuction because they're already doing everything right and they just can't get rid of these stubborn fat areas. BMI, body mass index, it's your basically your height versus your weight and uh, like for somebody like me, I'm like a 27 and 27 is like, you're kind of overweight you should be like 25, 25 or less is normal weight 30 is like, you're starting to get into like, obesity whoa yeah, <laughs> too so much. normal-ish to a little overweight is a good candidate. On the opposite, okay, so, far I'm in. so you're in, you're good, you're all set. <laughs> On the opposite end of that spectrum is the person that comes in with a BMI of forty and isn't really eating right and is definitely not exercising and is trying to use liposuction as a weight loss technique. No, doesn't work. That's not the option. Liposuction will reshape you. It will get rid of those unwanted areas of fat but you probably won't see much of a change on the scale. What you will just see is an overall change in your size and shape. You may see your pant size go down, but you probably won't see a big number change on the scale. Yeah, and you know, really I think of liposuction as a way of contouring areas that are not your favorite. Right. Love handles, abdomen, bra saddlebags. Saddle yes. I hate but, sucking medial thighs. I hate ooh. it. I hate it. I hate it. 
they sag, they're difficult. Right. For all you people out there who are like, oh, I'm going to get my medial thighs done, it, it's just yeah. not so fast. Let's talk about it. You really have to have a really juicy fat pad on the inside of your thighs for me to go after it because that is a rough place because that's so let's talk about the other thing that goes along with with liposuction is skin quality because your skin has different tightness levels and elasticity in various areas of your body and on the inner thighs the medial thighs that is probably some of the thinnest skin in the body and when you suction the volume out of it when you take the fat out it just does not snap back like skin elsewhere in the body might and so then you get these like saggy skin areas and now you're like in a medial thigh lift category where we're talking about cutting out skin and putting scars on your inner thighs so if I do like medial either. thighs, which we don't like either, <laughs> if I'm doing medial thigh liposuction, I'm very conservative with how much I take out. Yeah. And I, that's what I tell everybody. I go, the, the, the problem with medial thighs, and, you know, and this is the, the inner thigh. The thigh just, gap. Everyone wants the thigh I know, gap. Everyone wants to have space between yeah. their thighs. We get it. But if you over suction it and you, because when you're, when you're doing liposuction, you're using cannulas, these long, thin uh, metal tubes with holes at the end that are attached to a suction device and and literally you you pump in some some fluid to kind of fluff up the fat basically it's called tumescin fluid which everybody knows what that is um so the idea is you fill it up so that you can remove the fat and as you're suctioning out the fat you're removing the structure that's under the skin and what's left is the skin that is the shape of whatever fat was, pad was you have before yeah. which now needs to shrink wrap around what the remaining Size tissue is, whether yeah. it's the muscle or the fascia or the or the remaining fat that's there so the medial thigh like the lateral thighs your saddlebags great they do great they Best work area, yep you can suction those all day get them down to skin over bone if you want to and don't it's do gonna that. be fine yeah. don't do that but that looks weird no you gotta make it look nice but the the reality is is it's a very forgiving area it heals great um, I see a lot of over-suction saddlebags where the female now looks male. Yeah. And if you're going for that, that's one thing. But in general, a lot of women want to still be sexy and curvy. And I see, like, you got to take away the that amount of uh, the fat. The bulges But out. also leave the curves. Yes. You can't... If you skinny somebody down too much, yeah, that, 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 that could be a tricky area too with the saddlebags because you you do you want to leave some there, um, but it's easy when you're in that area to just want to go to town and get all the fat out. But you gotta you gotta leave some. That's where it comes to the saying we have: it's not how much you take out, it's what you leave behind. Because as you mentioned, this is a a, cod, a body contouring procedure. Um, it's not a weight loss procedure. But all of these areas are great. So you can do the outer thighs, the inner thighs, eh, abdomen, back raw fat, arms. These are all areas you can do liposuction in. The love handles. The love handles, the flanks. They work flanks great. are a great, works great. great place to do liposuction. Totally. But if you're getting to areas like the upper back, the abdomen, or the arms, this is where you have to start thinking about skin quality. So I will sometimes have patients come in, they've had two, three kids, they want to get rid of the extra mommy fat that's on their abdomen. But the problem is they also have a lot of loose skin. And so they're probably better served with a tummy tuck because if I just do liposuction on them, they're going to have a lot of loose skin hanging down. And I've done that before. I didn't want to, but they, they patients wanted to. And I was so disappointed with the results because 
Yeah, they look a little bit smaller in clothes, but without clothes, it just doesn't look tight. Right. You know, it just it looks loose and floppy. So you got to consider that maybe some of these areas you have to do some either skin removal, like a tummy tuck or a brachioplasty, an arm tuck. Or there are other devices, which we've done, talked about before, that are energy-applying devices like the Renuvion or Laser Lipo that provide an additional layer of tightening to the skin at the same time as the liposuction. And the big term that gets thrown around now is high-definition liposuction, like high-definition television. Um, high-definition liposuction is just liposuction in a very aggressive style where you're really very thinning the superficial. skin. superficial. Like you're, usually we leave a little bit of fat um, under the skin to sort of um, camouflage any contour irregularities or to just, you know, give a little bit of extra cushioning and padding to the appearance. But a high-def liposuction, you go almost right up to the very underside of the skin intentionally you're in. because you're trying to create basically with a scar line, the skin sticking down to the muscle underneath and creating an indentation. So like that midline down the center of the abdomen or on the deltoids, on the shoulders to create these grooves that look like they are muscle definition. But really what you're looking at is a scar from the skin down to the muscle. And then the quote muscle is just remaining fat that's been left behind or placed there. Sometimes you can graft fat into those areas as well. So basically you're creating what looks like muscle definition by taking away fat and putting it in areas in a certain uh, way. Yeah, I like to say what I do is high definition light. I won't go for that skin over muscle look because though some areas do look awesome, some areas look weird, really weird and really bad. Weird. And that is a problem. And, and picking the right candidate for that and, and getting it so that the patients look normal. It's just, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's where you're, you know, you're trying to strike that balance and a lot of times you get it, and I'm fine with that. But when it's not right, it's like, now also, we have to do fat grafting. Now we have yeah. to do this. Like, I mean, if you really want to get ripped like that, I think liposuction is not a great not, way to do it. And the thing I just, is, I don't know that we've been doing it long enough to know how it ages. Oh. Like, what's going to happen over time as the skin, just as it does, gets loosened up and elastic. So... I don't really do a whole lot of it. That's not my deal, but there's plenty of people that do. Um, These are just questions that I have that I'd like to see kind of sorted out before I jump into that one. But that's liposuction 201 or 302. That's right. (laughs) This is 101. Yeah, this is 101. Got it. So, yeah, the big thing is, you know, there's getting the contour on these areas that are bothering you is really the best way to go. Um, It takes, you know, time-wise... So it's some work. It takes a while. And um, you would think it's not because the actual technique is you would think it could be somewhat non-invasive because the incisions are small. They're tiny little one centimeter or less stab incisions in various places through which we insert these you know, thin cannulas to do the work. But if I'm doing a full 360 lipo on a patient, which includes the upper back, the, the back side of the flanks, the front side of the flanks, the abdomen, this can take me easily three and a half, four hours, For especially sure. depending on how much fat a person has. And then if they want to add on the arms and the legs, like it could 
theoretically be an all-day process, but it can't be because there are limits to how much you can take. And the numbers aren't hard and fast, but at some point it was said that five liters is the max you can take while still sending a patient home. If you're admitting them to a hospital setting, you can probably take more. The number is not necessarily hard and fast, but the idea is the same, that once you start getting to higher levels of removal, you're putting the patient at risk from a complication standpoint because the body is going to have to figure out how to adjust the fluid loss and the fluid balance and the fluid coming back into the circulatory system. And it can be a lot on the heart and you can have problems with your blood pressure and all kinds of things. So there are limits to how much you can take out. And if you are a larger individual, sometimes you do have to come back for a round two yes. liposuction. So it may have to be spaced out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we typically use, uh, you know, power assisted liposuction mm-hmm. so that it doesn't take all day. Um, but you know, we do a lot of hand, I do a lot of hand suctioning of certain areas and, um, power assisted. And then we've talked about using lasers, um, as an adjunct Renuvion or the, uh, lipo system from the Alma lasers. I am a luminary for Alma lasers, um, just to cover that. But, uh, those things do help they with do skin, help. skin skin tightening, tightening. and, and right. retraction. So they'll they'll help tighten the skin up after the liposuction is done. I think that they are great, you know, adjuvant treatments. They're not going to necessarily take the place of a skin excision, but in the person that is not necessarily ready for a tummy tuck or needs an arm lift, they see a little bit of extra help tightening up the skin. They are great options. Um, And then the recovery for this, you know, depending on how much you do and how many areas, it can be, you know, a couple of days or it can be, you know, a couple of weeks. But the idea is that for the first week, at least, you are going to be swollen. After that first week, the swelling will start to come down. At about six weeks, I think you're 90% there in terms of swelling, but you need a good three months before you really see all the swelling resolve. Um, yeah, and then it takes another, you know, six to nine months for the contraction the of the skin to and all and that. To, back. Yeah, because you don't get cross-linking of collagen fibers till nine, ten months after surgery. Right. So you're not going to see the result, quote unquote. I mean, you'll see the result because you'll be smaller and the contours will be better. But the result of the operation really isn't apparent for about a year. Right. But if you're try- if you're looking ahead and trying to plan for a vacation, I would say give it at least three months before you'll look you know, you're in your bikini and, and you will look you will look really good. You know, you can do I would say two to three weeks of taking off of working out and exercise and then you can slowly start to get back into it. I do have my patients wear compression garments most of the time for, for how long? up to up to six weeks. I do six weeks. Um I just I think it's better, but I do, ha- I do have them take breaks, you know, yeah. throughout the day, just so they're not constantly in it. And I'm a huge fan of lymphatic massage after liposuction. I love lymphatic massage. So lymphatic massage; these are special massage therapists designed to do lymphatic post-operative massages, and they do a really good job at getting that swelling out quicker and at making the overall appearance more smooth. So any little areas of lumpiness or bumpiness or scar that might want to heal wonky after the liposuction, the, the massages really smooth out those irregularities. And the sooner you can start it, the better the result you'll have. That's for sure. I, I think, you know, that, that makes a huge difference. I mean, having uh, the masseuse or masseur really kind of get the fluid moving out of those areas mm-hmm. 
because what happens is, you know, a lot of times we see th- operations that are swollen after and we say, oh, that's indurated. I think there's like an in-tissue induration. You can feel the area that's been liposuctioned six weeks after and it feels kind of spongy. You know, yeah. it's not quite normal yet, even though right. it looks fine. Right. But feels, we want it to heal. Yeah. And so moving that lymphatic... Like lymphatic massage is a good thing. Right. I think the faster you can get that fluid out of there, the sooner sooner the skin can snap back and and reform and redrape and do what it needs to do. Yeah, that's good. Um, Complications, bruising and staining of the skin happens with, you know, some liposuction. It takes a while. It ultimately goes away. That can last a while, but it does. It goes away. And there's arnica. There's even some lasers that can help with that if it's really persisting. Fat necrosis and seroma, mm-hmm. where some of the fat dies off and makes hard scars. That does, yeah. that can happen. That happens. It's, it, you know, it's not that common in the kind of liposuction that we do, but I've seen it from other places where they do some sort of like war crime style liposuction. It's very rough, and the patients, the skin is beat up. You see all this retraction. I, I think that that can happen. Yeah, I've, just, I've definitely seen some fat necrosis. It usually goes away after like a year or so. It takes a little while. The fluid collections of seromas definitely happen. Um, not so much a complication, but a side effect is that you're going to be numb in those areas and yep. that can persist for four or five months easily. But eventually that does come back. And as it comes back, you can kind of have like a pins and needles feeling as those little nerves regenerate. And then, then there are some serious complications. Um, if you are working around the abdomen or the flanks, there have been reports of intra-abdominal injuries from the liposuction cannulas. And that's happened to surgeons who know what they're doing. Totally. But it is just a fact of what we do and where we're doing it. It's always possible that those small liposuction cannulas can actually go into the abdomen and cause a damage to the liver, spleen, bowels, organs. That's a big, big problem. I've heard of reports of people doing liposuction on the back and getting into the kidneys, of people getting into the lungs. I think these are all things that are ha- have happened. Oh, yeah. They're awful. Um, they're bad complications, but they do happen. Which brings me to the last point I want to make here. Know who is doing your liposuction. Oh, yes. oh my gosh. Everyone and their mother wants to do liposuction because if you are an untrained medical person, you don't understand how terrifying these complications are all you see is little tiny incision how hard can it be to move your arm back and forth and look at all the money in the bank that i can get how hard can it be it's a no-brainer and so we have all these untrained practitioners some of them aren't even doctors doing liposuction because in their minds they think it's an easy procedure and they sell it and they market it as an easy procedure you can even do it awake Oh my gosh, please go to a surgeon who does this routinely because the complications can be catastrophic. There were those two women that came back from Mexico last year, came back, and as soon as they came back across the border, both of them died after a liposuction procedure, probably because some internal organs yeah. were perforated or something like that. I mean, these this surgery seems like it's non-invasive, but it can have very serious consequences, which are very real. So please, number one, make sure it's a surgeon. Number two, make sure they are trained. My recommendation is a plastic surgeon, not to disparage all the OB-GYNs and internal medicine doctors out there doing these procedures, but they don't really know what they're doing. No, I mean... This is a, <laughs> you're, if you looked at that steel cannula and the length of that cannula and said, yeah. I'm going to be jamming this 
blindly under your skin, you'd p- probably say, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> because it, if, if it's used improperly, it, Big problems. It's, it's bad. It's a weapon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. These, th- this is like, you know, this gets back to my discussion about like firearms or lasers or, you know, medications. Any of these things in the wrong hands in the unknowledgeable are deadly. Yep. And used in the hands of those who are knowledgeable, they're, it's an instrument and can produce incredible results. Right. Liposuction is done by everybody and their mother. And, and it, it, it's it, scary. it frustrates me to no end because yeah. they think it's no big deal. And unless you've done a general surgery rotation and know what it means to have a perforated bowel, to have to give a person an ostomy, to have to transfuse them 10 units because they're dying in front of you from blood loss and blunt injury to the liver, unless you've seen those patients and know how bad and catastrophic those complications are, you wouldn't take it so lightly. No. No. Not to scare anybody from doing liposuction. We're trying to scare you to board certified plastic surgeons. Yes, That's basically saying, the truth. In general, it's the truth. these patients do great and they do fine if you go to someone who knows what they're doing. But let's go back to that statistic. There are what, seven, 8,000 board certified plastic surgeons in the U.S. And there are over 40,000 people practicing plastic surgery in the right. U- United States of America. And who knows how they've been trained. Yeah. And a lot of them are... You know, it's and it's not to say that they can't do it. I mean, there there are probably you know some doctors that are not board certified plastic surgeons who do really nice liposuction. They've taken the mm-hmm. time, they've learned, but that's not everyone. Yeah, just do your homework. Look at the results. That's the yeah. key. Always go to the go to the page. Go to their web page. Look at their results. Look at their Instagram, and you know, and it is kind of like. You know, what are you doing all the time? You know, like, what are these guys up to? Guys, girls, whatever. What are they up to? You need to know what they do in their practice. You know, yeah. like, I I do a lot of noses, a lot of faces, but 20% of my people that are on the table are getting liposuction. You know, that's like yeah. a fifth of my people. But it's like, they're coming for other stuff, and then it's like, oh, oh and, and by, by the, the way, way. <laughs> while you're there, you know, how about... Right, we, and I'd say that's pretty accurate for most... If you were a busy plastic surgeon, no matter what your, quote, specialty is, you're probably doing a decent amount of liposuction because it's very much added on to a lot of what we do. But like I think, in absolute square footage, you've got me beaten by a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I've been in practice 15 years longer than you. Yes. I'm on that spectrum of patients who use it for weight loss. Mine mine go more towards that upper. (laughs) Totally. Which is fine. We, We all need a little help. But the results are awesome. So yeah, so that's the that's the the take home message. But you know, we'll get into it more with some. Since this is our one hundred and one series, we're going to stay short and sweet. And this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the nine hundred two one zero. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Doctor Ravello or myself. This is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at ravelloplasticsurgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com, Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. 
Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Bye.